0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the pod. I know it's been a couple weeks since we were last here with you guys, but what can you do? We decided to come back. You know, the regular season has ended. Well, it'll end by the time you're hearing this. Uh, It is currently just about to kick off the Ravens-Cowboys game. Got myself, Aaron, and then join with me after a long hiatus. I've got Joey. How's it going?
1: It's going pretty good. It feels good to be back in the studio. Like you said, after a long hiatus and kind of get it adjusted to some different, uh, a different life situation, finally got a job. So it's I'm no longer a bum that lives at home without a job. I'm just a bum that lives at home with a job now. But regardless, now we can dive into these playoffs. Although both of us are on the outside looking in, I feel like there's definitely some really good teams in these playoffs. I, I think each and every one of them. Realistically, has a shot to win, which is really nice to see, and I'm really excited to see some of the potential close matchups moving forward.
0: Yeah, no, as you alluded to there, the the end of the road is here for six teams. That being the Paladins, the Clams, the Sharks, the Hawks, the Retrievers, and the Wendigos. Our seasons are done, and I know this is off the cuff, Joe. We didn't talk about this, but uh, but but how does it feel to? uh, to join us losers, you know, me, Jabir, and uh, Ryan, as we're back on the couch for a second time?
1: I mean, at the beginning of the season, it was the end goal to miss the playoffs. Uh, Again, being part of a rebuild. I think it's definitely ironic how we began the season with uh, you and I both predicting myself to, uh, or the clams to do better than I would ideally want. Again, finishing in, I believe I finished seventh, correct? 7th or 8th. Yeah, regardless. It's higher than I wanted, but at the end of the day, with all the picks I have and being able to set myself up for the next two seasons, I'm feeling okay about it. I won't be too salty.
0: No, unfortunately, there's some, uh, there's some stiff competition for you here at the, the bottom of the standings. Uh, just Some teams were a lot better at losing than others. I mean, myself, I think I'm going to propose that uh, next year we actually just don't play the regular season, and we just – Payout based on the uh, power rankings episode is uh, I'd fare a lot better if we did that, but um, what can you do? uh Looking at the teams that missed the playoffs, a lot of them do have a ton of draft capital this year, and so next year could be totally shaken up. I mean, just look at how some of these impact rookies are playing on these playoff teams, you know, after one season. So, could definitely see you know two or three of these teams, maybe even more, uh, shuffling up that playoff picture next year. Especially some of those teams get a little older.
1: So now, now that we're done talking about the losers, let's get into the teams that everyone's listening for. We're going to start it off by going and talking about each team, kind of give a real quick recap over the season, how we, how they did compared to what we anticipated. And then after we've talked about each six, Aaron and I are both going to give kind of our, uh expected playoff bracket. We haven't talked about it beforehand, so it could uh potentially lead to some interesting conversation at the end. But to kick us off, we'll start at number six, the high tide, led by Trent. All season it's been a meme every time we talk about it that I'm not a fan of his running backs, but regardless, he's put up quite a lot of points as a whole, uh the high tide have. They've really Found a really nice crutch in their wide receiving core. Personally, I think they did about it where everybody expected them to. I know in the power rankings, some had the high tide just a tad higher, but overall, they did finish as the third highest scoring team, which for myself, again, looking at those running backs, is much better than I anticipated. But again, he got into the playoffs, he's healthy. And he has a good core. So if I was Trent, I'd feel pretty good about where I'm at right now.
0: You know, this is better than I thought the high tie would do this year. I mean, in terms of actual playoff seating, I definitely thought that they could compete for a playoff spot. But I didn't think this was going to be a top three team in terms of scoring, which it did end up being buoyed by arguably the wide receiver one and wide receiver two right now in DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams. That's not even counting Chris Godwin. That trade for Travis Kelsey has paid off dividends for this team, as has been acquiring uninspiring but decent running back options such as Miles Gaskin, David Johnson, picking up J.D. McKissick. Uh, James Conner has been concerning. I mean, he's been out with COVID for, I believe, the past two weeks. And even since uh, week eight or nine, I think he just wasn't producing at all that productive a level. Um, So I think the running back core... It still concerns me heading into the playoffs, just looking at some of these other stables that teams have, uh, that could be a big spot where Trent needs to catch up. But uh, thankfully for him, he has those receivers and he has the best tight end by far in the playoffs to where that might not matter. And then he's just loaded on the defensive side, getting huge point totals out of guys like Devin White, Levante David, uh, Jordan Poyer. He had Justin Houston put up a huge game last week on the bench. And so this team's just really deep. Uh, really high, you know, potent level of offense. And so I definitely do think that this team has a pretty good chance to uh, make some noise here in the playoffs, even though they technically come in as the, the last seed at the sixth spot.
1: I agree, and uh, I don't have much else to say um, with no, else, no other closing remarks for the high tie. We can move right on to the Spiders coming in at the number five seed. The defending champions, once again, find their way into the playoffs. You could tell right away from the beginning of the year that the Spiders and Jason were trying to re-up going for a back-to-back run with a lot of the trades they made, really investing the capital and youth they had in order to get the uh, the more consistent veterans to kind of reamp their point consistency. Now, I will say this team finished much better than I anticipated. I thought some of the veterans that the Spiders did acquire were going to see a down year this year and weren't going to be able to recover but being able to find themselves in the five seed is always a good spot moving forward they did also finish as the number five scoring team once again much higher than i expected realistically i thought this team was going to be able to find ways a lot of one and one weeks and squeak into the playoffs but they did have a much more commanding role in the seating so overall they did better than i anticipated a little bit of a spoiler i don't think that'll continue in the playoffs but that's where i'm at for the uh, spiders analysis
0: yeah we all know how much i allegedly hate this team it's uh well documented that i didn't think they were going to do that well coming into the year and jason has decided to uh foil those you know expectations while he did not repeat as a division winner this year he does have the satisfaction of having a pretty well rounded team in all regards going into the playoffs. Unfortunately, the running backs have taken a step back. You know, Todd Gurley's been dealing with an injury and he has not been playing very well in the past several weeks that he has played. Uh, Derek Henry just put up a stinker, although, if you're Jason, you probably prefer that he gets that out of the way now as opposed to you know, next week when the playoffs actually start. And then Kenyon Drakes has been pretty reliable recently, but. Could that midseason Kenyon Drake we saw where he was effectively ridden off for dead, is that guy going to come back in the playoffs? Couple that with maybe stumbling into a bit of a lucky flex option in Kiki QT, as he now seems to be taking full advantage of Will Fuller's suspension and Brandon Cook's uh, when he had to go out of the game on Sunday. Might have lucked into that. And just another team, just like Trent, has a lot of high-level defensive players. Bobby Wagner put up 107 points this year. John Johnson, Logan Ryan, Marcus May all doing really good things in the secondary for this squad. And so this is another team that, I mean, obviously they're in the playoffs. I think every team in the playoffs has a good reason to be there. And so I'm not going to you know, say anything shocking by saying I think they have a good shot. But this team definitely does have pretty much every position covered, uh, aside from tight end, I would say.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I want to go back on that you've kind of touched on for both the spiders and high tide is just the level of defensive talent. And that's something that we've kind of, as we've gone along this year in particular, uh, which is weird that it's taken us so long to pick up on, but you'll see this as a trend going through most of the uh, playoff teams. I'd probably say about five or maybe four of them at worst, just the high level of defensive talent, not only the ceiling, but the consistency that they bring as well. So I think these two teams that we've talked about so far have definitely did a good job of acquiring that talent. And I do think that that'll pay dividends for them if if it hasn't already getting them to this position. So now leading us into the four seed, we have the Grovers, who did secure the four seed in this very last week, regardless of how it does finish. Like we said, we're recording this before kickoff on Tuesday, so the final resor- results haven't officially come in. But overall, it feels so weird at this point for how much we felt so depressed and sorry for the Grovers, especially with their injury luck throughout the entire season. And then here they are, still finishing as the four seed, also coming in with the fourth highest uh, scoring total. It's, it's crazy that despite all of that, somehow they find themselves in this position. Not to mention within recent weeks, they finally started to get healthy. Their full lineup is finally starting to get rostered. And it really seems like they're starting to hit their stride at the perfect time. I believe most of us expected the Grovers to finish top three, uh, maybe top two. But after all these injuries, to finish the four seed, he should, Dylan should be ecstatic at this rate. And for a team that came in with such high hopes, I really think out of a lot of the teams left, they're going to have a good shot, especially based on some of the playoff matchups their players have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's kind of crazy that the Grovers are here to be honest. I didn't think that they would be here You know, around week five, week six, but Dylan didn't give up when he lost his star players. He did what he had to do. He's now built a, a full lineup on the offensive side. T.Y. Hilton seems to be coming into his own. Aaron Rodgers deciding to put up one of the best seasons of his entire career has completely overshadowed the fact that Justin Herbert has been a top 6-7 quarterback in our, our league. And then again, just looking at the defensive side of the ball, common theme. He's got three safeties over 80 points. He's got two linebackers over 100. And then A.J. Klein at 83. And in terms of the, the defensive line, in terms of, you know, the expected output for that position group. I mean, this team is getting 85 points out of J.J. Watt, 70 points out of and Williams and Romeo Okwara, just below that for Stefan Tuitt and Joey Bosa. I mean, this team's just loaded everywhere. And if his health can, knock on wood, uh, stay consistent over the next couple weeks, I don't see any reason that this team couldn't compete with uh, even the teams that got a first round by. I definitely think this team has a very good shot to uh, win it all.
1: I agree. And speaking of winning, now we're going to move on to our uh, division winners coming in at the third seed. We do have the Denver duckies as I'd say the lone wolf in terms of the anti duckies at the beginning of the season. Again, I thought there were a lot of moves that were questionable. I thought the direction was not very clear for ownership of this roster, but in the end, Getting the three seed with a team that is able to combine looks of youth, uh, high potential, and consistency and a high ceiling for their studs that are already on the roster. They definitely should be really happy about getting into this position uh, within one year, quote unquote, of their rebuild. They did happen to finish two, four, six, eighth in scoring. So definitely lower than league average this is the one team in my opinion that is going to suffer in the playoffs just based on not having that defensive talent uh, especially after trading it throughout the season which is really weird because especially he he had the number one defensive line going into this season there was no argument to be had so i i thought if he was going to be able to really compete being able to find some young talent at the linebacking core and safety court along back when he had Buda Baker. I just, I really thought that was going to be his, his way to succeed in the next few years. I do think that's going to nip him in the butt here moving forward. But at the end of the day, when you're able to find studs like Justin Jefferson, T Higgins that are in their rookie season and putting up top numbers, specifically Justin Jefferson, you definitely have a shot. So for Dan, this is definitely better than anticipated, I think, for, for my expectations and probably for his as well. We will, we will see if the luck continues in the playoffs. So.
0: Yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and say it. Someone had to win the Central, and given that Hunter and Jabir and clear rebuild mode, it was really a two-man race between Dan and Ryan. Someone had to stumble their way in as both of them have a losing record at the moment so a bit of a seattle seahawks of uh what was that 2009 vibe we got going on here but but for dan he's got nothing to lose to try to put together a best lineup possible and make it you know go all the way here in the playoffs he doesn't have his first round pick so it's not as if he's hurting his draft stock that much he may as well just try to try to make it far and when you look at his lineup he's got Keenan Allen performing like a top-12 receiver. Justin Jefferson already cementing himself in that category. T. Higgins, you hope, can maintain solid production with uh, Brandon Allen. And then at the running back position, Alvin Kamara's been very scary recently with the Taysom Hill emergence. I really do hope that uh, Kamara does get more involved in the game, both in terms of his rushing and the receiving. I think that's a big thing that Kamara's been missing out on in recent weeks. It's absolutely disgusting that Wayne Gallman's put up more than twelve points in, uh, I believe, it's five consecutive weeks. It might even be six. So he's lucked into another RB two there to kind of buoy, you know, the loss and production that he's gotten from Alvin Kamara. And I just think, unfortunately, the defense is the the crutch of this unit. It's the one of these six that I think is really just not up to championship contender level. But Offensive players score more points, and so if he just has a couple guys catch on fire for a two, three-game sample, Dan could walk out of here with the championship, which would uh, be an absolute upset to everybody.
1: For sure. And now, really moving on to the two heavyweights throughout most of the season, coming in at number two was the Metropolis Magicians, led by Dev. Magicians finished in second and points scored. This was my favorite team leading into the beginning of the season. um, You were just able to look at the type of talent they had at the running back position, having Carson, Cook, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs Uh, at the beginning of the year, obviously having Dak at quarterback, and then rounding it out with Stephon Diggs, uh, Will Fuller coming into his own, Jarvis, Kenny Galladay. Really, the only position this team is missing in terms of, consistency or stardom is tight end but you've seen eric ebron do okay in recent weeks so this definitely is a very nice well-rounded roster which is what a lot of championship uh level teams are or any championship team that's going to actually pull through to the end the only problem for me with this roster is coming down to the end it's the health and that's something that isn't very surprising just based on the amount of pure volume his running backs got throughout the season it's going to be really scary not to mention uh, antonio gibson now dealing with a toe injury i believe it is so that could really be the crux for this roster moving forward Is just the health of the running backs how the tables have turned in the east but then looking at the wide receivers will fuller coming into his own was great leading this team into the playoffs (laughs) now that he's suspended that's really going to hurt this roster. Kenny Galladay is still dealing with nagging injuries, it looks like. Jarvis Landry is going to be a really nice option, I think, moving forward. Again, he's been one of the probably underrated wide receivers, I think, across the board in fantasy. But now with Baker Mayfield and that Cleveland offense kind of coming into its own and putting up a lot more points as of late, I think that's going to look really nice. Robbie Anderson, I don't think anybody could have expected that. but. Enough of my rambling. My consensus is I think the Magicians are going to falter moving forward, which we'll discuss later. But they had one hell of a run, in my opinion. And if it wasn't for health and doctors not knowing what to prescribe Will Fuller, I think this would have been my uh, championship team this year.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. This team was right there toe-for-toe with Cole every week throughout the season. He comes up just one victory point shy of him but uh, just a great season for Devin overall. I think could have expected this team would have fallen off after the Dak Prescott injury, but Ryan Tannehill has been everything he needed and then some. I mean, obviously Prescott would have been scoring more points, but Tannehill has been pretty fantastic. And again, this team might actually have the the best group of linebackers. Uh, Yes, Cole, that includes you. Looking at Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham. Foye uh, Vince Williams, not in terms of name talent, it might not be the best, but in terms of fantasy production, it's right up there. High-level production out of the secondary, a great group of receivers. Um, the Stephon Diggs pickup, I think, I'm still surprised that he's been as good as he has been, but especially now that Will Fuller's done for the year and Kenny Galladay has just not been able to shake this injury bug. I think Devin's going to need some huge weeks out of Stefan Diggs to, he'll have the first round bye, but to make it further than that, he's going to need him and Robbie Anderson to really step up here in the playoffs. And then he's just going to have to hope that Josh Jacobs with a week off, he'll come back refreshed and he'll have to hope the Raiders are right there in the thick of playoff contention in order for them to, you know, continue to ride him throughout the rest of this season. But When you're starting Dalvin Cook, you're starting Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson has been better than anyone could have expected, aside from maybe Cole. And then uh, Chris Carson finally getting back in the fold. I do think this team has a shot. um, Probably not my favorite team going into the playoffs, but I definitely think that they could easily make their way to the finals. And then depending on matchups, could definitely win for sure.
1: Agreed. And now moving on to the number one seed, from the regular season we do have the wildfire led by cole the wildfire finishing first for points scored no surprise there this i believe the wildfire were our number one consensus uh, power ranking team going into the season so you could say they definitely hit the mark on expectations but for me personally i think this roster just really went above and beyond specifically in terms of the ceiling for this roster i know they were just a few points short of the overall scoring record throughout the year and just the amount of blow up games they had throughout a variety of the different players on this roster uh, was absurd and then to be able to mix that in with some consistency as well just made for the perfect storm for this team throughout the regular season i do think moving forward that if they're able to overcome the injury to Odo Beckham Jr., because now they're real realistically starting Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, and Calvin Ridley, which, which is a absurd in and of itself, not to mention still being able to start Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, and Lamar Jackson. Like The, the youth, the upside, the consistency, is overall just a very well-done well job in team building for this roster. I do think that going into the playoffs, my main concern is going to be the volatility that some of these players can show, Uh, specifically players like Calvin Ridley. Like, what if one week Ryan's only thrown to Julio? Or what if one week Jonathan Taylor just gets backseated by Neem Hines like we've seen before? Maybe Aaron Jones is put out of the game plan for Aaron Rodgers to take over. Like, There's definitely scenarios for specific players to put up a lower floor than we've seen in recent weeks. But when you're the number one seed and you've put up nearly 2,300 points on the season, you, you just have to be nitpicky to find weaknesses. So Cole should feel really good about this season and about his prospects moving forward as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, this team has just really – you can't deny that it's balled out this year. Just so many high end producers, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I mean, propsicle for scouting Jeremy Chin in the fifth round. He's been making moves left and right to acquire guys like Montez Sweat, JP. And then I don't know why Nick had to give this man Young Hoi Ku, but he's, I believe, the number one kicker in the league. And so just uh, making the rich richer. I think for me, beyond the obvious, I don't know if it's a weakness, but relative to the other teams in the playoffs, I think tight end is on the weaker side with this roster. But beyond that, I do think the position that does scare me with this team is actually running back, given that Joe Mixon, I believe, is still out for at least one more week. And after Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor's a great prospect, but I'm not sure if I have a ton of confidence in him for this season. I mean, yes, he's had... He had a good game this week and then a okay game the week before. He's had okay production, but the Colts coaching staff has still insisted on getting Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines involved. And you can't afford to have that coming out of one of your top two running backs as you enter the playoffs this year, just given some of the, the cores that we have, such as Austin Eckler and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs. You just can't afford to have a guy splitting carries with Jordan Wilkins. So I think this team, I don't know if you have to say it's the favorite. It's definitely one of, if not the favorite, just based on the amount of defensive talent they have. But they did get awfully lucky during the regular season with their ability to uh, have those huge boom weeks. And so maybe their luck's run dry come to playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll just have to uh, wait and see on that one.
1: Fair enough. So there's our analysis for the six teams. So now we can kind of go towards the end of the episode here, going through our expected playoff brackets. I'll just go ahead and go first, so we can get it out of the way. Uh, our first matchups with uh, the Magicians and the Wildfire getting the first round by. We have the Denver Duckies facing the Honolulu High Tide, and then the second matchup will be the Pine Grove Grovers versus the Scarrow Spiders. To start it off. I'm going with the high tide against the Duckies. Um, Not only do I think the high tide just have the better team at the moment, I do believe there's a lot of very nice matchups for this roster. You have Brady against the Vikings, Devontae Adams against the Lions, Jameson Crowder against the Seahawks, DK against the Jets, and then Kelsey versus the Dolphins. I think that's five right off the bat. You can expect a very high point total for, and that's not even mentioning the defense. I, I just really think the matchups play in favor for the high tide. So for a superior roster, uh, better luck in terms of matchups. I think that one's a little easy for me to call. So moving on to the... I, I find this one really tough, actually, between the Grovers and the Spiders. After a lot of back and forth, I'm going to end up going with the Grovers here. While I do see the Spiders having some higher ceiling or higher potential outputs this week, I do also see the risk factor there as well. You see Kenyon Drake against the Giants. Drake's very versatile. Uh, the Giants defense has been hit or miss on the year. Uh, Kiki Cutie against the Bears. Again, will Cutie continue to be this diamond in the rough that Jason somehow lucked himself into? And then Adam Thielen against the Bucks. I, I do think the Bucks' secondary has been, it depends on the day. But again, with Justin Jefferson there, I do think that Sealand's. Uh, Thielen's ceiling is capped, but overall, you look at the Grovers, Mike Evans against the Vikings should really ball out. Vikings are one of the worst defenses in the league. You have Zeke and Amari going against the Bengals. Uh, I think that could be a, a, a really nice game for this Cowboys offense as a whole. Austin Eckler against the Falcons, I think is probably my favorite matchup going into the week out of anybody. The dude should really get a lot of involvement in the passing game. It should be really good for him. And then Rodgers against the Lions. Again, he's been having one of the best seasons of his life so far. So, again, for my prediction in the first round, we're going to have the high tide and the Grovers moving on to the next round, which would leave – or I'll let you go next, Aaron. What do you think of this first round?
0: Well, I'm going to be honest, Joey. Um, I have the same set of winners. I I just think that – the lack of defensive talent on the Ducky's roster is going to do them in, which again, probably isn't the worst thing. I mean, congrats for making the playoffs, but your team's really more so set up for the next year or two, especially since you have four second round picks next year, if I recall. So I hope I'm not offending you too much, Dan. And then looking at the Spiders and the Grovers, I think really it's just kind of a momentum thing. I mean, you look at the the past several weeks, uh, Dylan's put up, 240, 219, uh, 209, and then this week he is putting up another high point total. I have to go check real quick. 205. So this team has been scoring 200 points on a regular basis, and I don't see any reason for that to stop. So I just think that he's got the better, or he's got the momentum going into the playoffs. I, I think it matters. I think that his team has just been playing better than the Spiders lately, and it's not as if he's having any in. Injuries to uh to offset that, so I'm gonna be going with the spiders and the duckies bowing out, and the high tide and the grovers moving on. Moving along to our semifinals, we're gonna be having in this hypothetical scenario. It's gonna be the high tide versus the magicians, and then the grovers against the wildfire. I guess we'll go ahead and get started with the high tide versus the magicians, and kind of similar to what I said about the grovers just a moment ago. I think that the high tide have had some crazy momentum going their way recently. It seems like every week they're up in that top six scoring teams and a lot of their losses in head to head have just simply been due to playing against another top scoring team. And so I think just the the high level of defensive talent this team has combined with the Ridiculous upside of those top three receivers. You know, hopefully Godwin's finger is 100% for this time of the season and a relative healthiness from his running back core, which, while it's going to be uninspiring, it should be enough to get three double digit performances out of them. I am actually going to go with the Honolulu High Tide to move on to the finals.
1: You really took all the analysis away from me there. Uh, I don't feel like repeating myself. But I do as well also have the high tide moving on to the finals and this hypothetical scenario. Like you said, they just have all the momentum. They have the health, the momentum. It's just it's come to the point in the season where the only thing that's going to hold them back is them falling back down to down to earth. And even then they have the floor to hold themselves up. So I'm still going to punch in the ticket for the high tide to the finals and now looking at the wildfire and grovers i don't know why but the grovers just are so hard to predict Now whether that be the first round against the spiders or here against the wildfire flip flop the matchup in my head and i know it's gonna bite me in the ass later down the road but i am gonna go with the grovers beating the wildfire just because of the vo- volatility of the wildfires lineup i do think that on a bad week They could put up the 180 or so mark. You know, this Grovers lineup, if they continue to be healthy and their players continue to be utilized in the proper fashion, I don't see the Grovers really dropping below 200 points um, for the next few weeks. Again, I can't put that comfortably, but it does set my finals matchup as the high tide versus the Grovers.
0: And this is going to be where our paths diverge as while I do think the Grovers have a great shot at winning this matchup when you look at who the wildfire have going into this game he's got Aaron Jones going against the Panthers run defense which has not been very good at all this year he's got Terry McLaurin going against the Seattle Seahawks he's got the Buccaneers facing off against Calvin Ridley two very bad secondaries and then he's got Tyree Kill going against the Saints which yeah, Marshawn Lattimore is a shutdown corner, but teams have been playing 15 yards off Tyreek Hill, and he still cooks them. Like he is just on another level right now, and so I think that matchup aside, he's got great offensive uh, matchups for Week 15. And given that this team is very solid at every level on defense, uh, I'm gonna say that this is gonna be the high point for the Wildfire here in the playoffs. I think he's going to benefit from having the first round by come here in week 15, put up like a 210-220 burger and send the Grovers packing. So I will be having the High Tide versus the Wildfire in the finals.
1: For full disclosure, I did have the High Tide versus Wildfire written down as my finals. I'm going to tinker with my prediction, putting the Grovers in there. We'll see how that pans out. But for the finals, theoretically for me, having the high tide and Grovers. I'm going to go with the high tide. I just think that the Grovers kind of bring the sense of consistency, being able to put up that consistent 200 point that I mentioned before. But on any given week, the high tide are able to go for a 200 minimum to 240 maximum, maybe even 250 on a great week. It's just the versatility throughout their lineup from Kelsey to their amazing amazing wide receivers, and then the great defense. I'm going with the high tide as much as it fucking kills me as the season champions for this coming season.
0: Yeah, we uh, we can't live in a world where Trent's the champ. Uh, I'll sign off on that. But um, looking at my hypothetical being the high tide versus the wildfire, I think I think, again, both teams have a very good chance. But, again, just looking at these matchups, the Falcons and the Chiefs are going to be going off head-to-head, so Tyreek Hill and Calvin Ridley could see themselves both going off for 100-plus plus in a touchdown. Not to mention that Young-Hoy Koo is going to be having an absolute field day. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up 18-plus in that matchup. Aaron Jones gets the poorest Titans defense. And again, it's just it just comes down to the matchups with uh, Terry McLaurin going against the Panthers as well like all the skill position matchups align for the wildfire here in the playoffs. And uh, I think the high tide are going to have a a respectable performance here in the championship round. I am going to go with uh, everyone's favorite heading into this year being the Los Angeles wildfire to walk away with the season two trophy, which, uh, which PSA as the commission, there is going to be a championship trophy for this league. Uh, you know, last year, unfortunately, the, uh, the struggle of finding a real job post college, you know, did not make that a possibility, but I will be splurging. We're going to have a nice trophy for this league. Uh, Jason, I will figure out something to, uh, make up for the fact that you didn't get a trophy. Um, so we'll wait and see on that, but yeah, so whoever wins the trophy, just know that you're going to be receiving a nice package in the mail and you're going to have to display the trophy to be named, uh, very proudly. So, Keep an eye out for that, and now you have a prize to be playing for. So, real quick, before we wrap up here, uh, we've talked about who we think is going to win, but, Joey, real quick, if you can give me the team that you want to win, just real quick, tell me who it is and why you're going to be rooting for them.
1: This is going to be real simple. It's going to be the magicians. At the beginning of the season, they were my team I put a lot of faith and hype into uh, throughout the year. They really validated that. And like I've said before, I think they have one of the best well-rounded rosters in the league. If their pieces do finally get healthy um, and are able to finish out the playoffs strong or the fantasy playoffs strong, I just really think they have one of the most respectable teams and I've kind of invested into their, their success hyping them up. So Devin let's represent the East and get a title.
0: Yeah. I can't really argue with that too much. Uh, My pick is going to, however, have to be the Grovers. I mean, for one, the adversity that this team has dealt with this year, losing Marlon Mack from a starting role, losing Saquon Barkley. He could have just given up at that point, but he goes out and he trades Saquon to try to win it all this year, picking up Austin Eckler and Cooper Cup. And so I think it would be, you know, that coupled with, you know, making it to the finals last year and coming up just short, I think it would be a real sweet, you know, redemption story for this team if, Dylan was able to win the championship. And then in addition, with the exception of Devin, I don't know if I can live in a world where any of the other four teams win the league. I mean, we've already had the reign of Jason once before, and we can only imagine what it would be like if Dan Cole or Trent won the league, and we had to hear that for a whole year. So for some selfish reasons, I suppose, I will be rooting for the grovers and then to a lesser extent the magicians but uh but those are the teams that i'll be you know impartially rooting for of course
1: well and with that that does wrap up the final podcast of the regular season since we're technically in this time frame again good luck to the 16s moving forward more luck to the uh, grovers and magicians and the rest of course but overall i look forward to a uh, seeing you losers on the couch watching from the outside and uh later nerds
0: peace out everybody good luck